Welcome back to EV News Daily. Coming up today, the Cybertruck so-called real deliveries begin but have issues. Mercedes cast out on the necessity of solid-state batteries and BYD cut their European prices. Plus, stay tuned, because later in the show, I'll tell you what Hyundai is saying about electrical vertical takeoff and landing. Realistic or pie in the sky? Well, I'm Martin Lee, and I go through hundreds of articles, feeds and stories a day so you don't have to. We're live at 8am UK, 5am Eastern to start a brand new day with all you need to know. Happy weekend, by the way. Patreon supporters get the episodes as soon as they're ready and ad-free. Be like them by clicking on that link you'll see just there in the show notes. Well, we'll start with some more news of disruption to EV production in Europe. Volvo is the next to temporarily halt production. This time, their Ghent facility, where the XC40 and the C40 are built, with the EX30 will be built as well outside of China. Uh, despite the halt, Volvo anticipates no major impact on wholesale or production goals. It's all because of the escalation in the Red Sea crisis where Iranian attacks on uh, domestic uh, vehicles, which are to do with the world supply chain, uh, has required a military response from the United States and the United Kingdom combined. And so many of these automakers particularly reliant on Chinese parts. Volkswagen also affected, not foreseeing the need to disrupt production. Now, let's talk about the Cybertruck, which hasn't had the highest of profiles on this podcast, I must admit, because obviously the world lost its mind when Cybertruck was launched. Tried to kind of keep it all in check and pragmatic, suck it and see, wait until these vehicles hit the road and real people drive them, not just the employee deliveries. Well, that is finally happening. So let's unpack this a little bit. Tesla has delivered at least one Cybertruck to a non-employee customer. And that person has posted all the pictures on the Cybertruck forums. So again, we're relying on the honesty of that person. But from the pictures, it's really bad. There are significant body defects, despite earlier deliveries to the actual employees, showing the quality being fine. And now my friend Kyle from Out of Spec, who I do the Friday podcast with for batteries included, uh, he has done probably thousands of miles now in four or five different cyber trucks, all employee owned. And uh, the gang from Out of Spec, like Colton, who does all the detailing stuff, he's got some great videos on that. Honestly, it's fine. Any new run of a vehicle is always going to have teething problems, but they all looked okay. Now, this one's gone to a real customer, and they've put pictures online. So we are trusting the authenticity of these pictures, that this person hasn't, you know, crashed it or something. I don't think so, but lots of caveats in this. One notable issue was the rear panel that goes back to the end of the bed, if you get the idea of what I'm saying. is It's the panel that runs down the side of the vehicle to the rear tail light. Well... When you get to the back, that panel is currently detaching from the frame, as in you could fit your hand down the side of it. Now, panel gaps are one thing, but this isn't a panel gap. This is literally a piece of the Cybertruck that's, it looks like it's falling off or it's or it's bent in some way. Uh, and it's, it's not just misaligned, it's literally coming, it's kind of peeling away from the vehicle. It's obviously not right, and Tesla will obviously fix it and make it right. But lots of people I've seen today on the various websites and social media that have been talking about this, how how does Tesla catch, not catch this leaving the factory? I am inclined to believe that this has happened somewhere along the line because it would be... Cybertruck is hand-built at the moment. They're not churning out 5,000 of these a week. 
So it's very much a small, bespoke production line where there's going to be loads of quality assurance officers. I mean, I, I would presume so. I know you would think so. Combing over these vehicles just to make, or at least glancing over them. So there's no way this has left the factory like this. If it has... Nah, there's no way it has. Uh, the owner who put the pictures on the Cybertruck Owners Club forum, you know, pointed out all these faults. There's various different fit and finish problems with this Cybertruck. That's the worst one. And, you know, this is a $100,000 product. So whatever you're buying for hundred grand is has to be better than this. Uh, if it was me, it'd be back at, it would be back at Texas at the factory tomorrow morning. And it would, please fix this, Tesla. Um, I can't believe it would leave the factory like that. It's it's really bad. It looks obviously like maybe some some fasteners or something have broken. I don't know. Pure speculation. But let's give everyone the benefit of the doubt and take some of the heat out of the situation. Because obviously those that don't like Tesla are making hay with this news. I mean, it does look really it's bad. But anyway, uh, we'll follow that story. Now let's talk about uh, a great bit of news. Let's talk about some positive news for uh, for the podcast. And the new Hyundai Onyx 6 in the United States with the new model year is significantly more affordable. Now, I did a quick search around a bunch of dealerships in various parts of the country, Hyundai dealerships, and they're all carrying this offer on their websites. Oh, by the way, because I don't tend to do this very often. There's some very questionable Hyundai dealership websites. Because it's the dealership does the website, by the way. There are some good ones. And there are some ones that look like, you know, they're done on the cheap. But anyway, some questionable clip art around. But anyway, uh, they all seem to be carrying this offer, which if you want the new Hyundai Onyx 6, uh, it makes it a lot cheaper than the equivalent Tesla Model 3, the new Highland that's come out. Uh, the rebate reduces the Onyx 6 starting price from... At thirty-eight six one five to thirty-one one one five for a brand new Ionic Six. Now the Model Three, so-called Highland, starts at forty thousand dollars plus, offering no rebates and no federal tax credit if you want to buy it. The price difference between the Ionic Six and the Model Three is almost ten thousand dollars if you're buying the vehicle, thanks to these Hyundai offers that expire at the end of the month. Previously, the most notable savings for EVs were done through leasing, which had lease cash incentives, making advantage of the tax loopholes. Now, the Model 3 Highland does offer an attractive lease option, mirrors the price of the outgoing Model 3, but you can't buy it at the end of the lease. So you might want to buy the vehicle. The entry-level rear-wheel drive Model 3 can be had for $329 on a lease for three years with an initial payment of $5,500. Four and a half of that is a down payment, and there's various fees as well, 10,000-mile limit. So you can get the Model 3 Highland for a decent amount on a monthly payment, but if you want to buy the vehicle, the Arnix 6 is looking like this is a stellar deal that Hyundai seems to have introduced sometime over this weekend. Well, Tesla's also uh, gone live with their tax credit system in the last few hours. Tesla's adopted the recently introduced system for allowing immediate use of the EV tax credit. Previously, you know this already, it was if you're an EV buyer, you had to wait until the following year's tax bill to get that off what you would have paid federal tax uh, on your purchases. And so changes made in October now mean the buyers can apply the credit directly as a discount at the point of sale. And the dealers have to register with the IRS, and I think seven or 8,000 dealers so far out of the maybe 17,000 dealers in the US that sell uh, passenger vehicles have done so. So it's very widely adopted. And Tesla are now one of those 
dealers, if you want me to call you that, if call, call them that. Um, the change enables the immediate reduction of $7,500 off the purchase price of a new Tesla for those cars that is, for those models that uh, that get the discount. And that's not all of them. Like I said yesterday on the podcast, the Model 3 Highland is one of those that doesn't get the deal the outgoing Model 3 Performance, there's no Performance Highland, by the way. The outgoing one gets a huge amount off because it's in inventory, five grand off in inventory, plus you get indicator stalks and gear shifters, which <laughs> they should have. And, uh, and of course, you could apply that as well if you're buying an inventory car. Um, otherwise, uh, the Model 3, which does, uh, Model Y, which does get it, now is now cheaper than a Model 3. Tesla's pricing is really messed up at the moment, thanks to these incentives and the point of sale stuff and the Highland coming out in the first week of the year as well. And you know, if you really want a Model 3, go and buy the Model 3 because it's brilliant. But otherwise, wouldn't a lot of people get a Model Y for the extra utility? And it's cheaper at the moment. I don't know. Uh, now, talking Tesla, the new smart assistant feature that rolled out in China recently as part of the Dot 44 update at the end of last year uh, has new voice commands in its vehicles uh, to be more of a smart assistant rather than simply saying a set of pre-assigned phrases. The new smart assistant offers various functionalities like weather updates, stock market info, language translation, even poetry recitation. Users in China have been reporting a big improvement in Tesla's intelligent experience compared to the old system. Now, Elon Musk has been talking about AI projects like XAI and Grok, which is going to be a system uh, that uh, is uh, on a large language model possibly running on Teslas in the future. Elon Musk has a lot of stuff that doesn't actually happen, so you've got to be careful with what he says. Uh, But either way, is this already being used in some initial way, or is it just improving the old system? But Chinese users are saying you're now able to talk to your Teslas, at least there, in a much more conversational way. I watched some videos. I mean, they're all in Chinese, and so I don't know what they're doing, but it looked pretty impressive in part of my research of today's podcast. (laughs) You know, I'd love to learn uh, at least a little of the language to... Uh, you know, just because. But anyway, uh, let's move on. And VinFast is a company that I've had a heavy dose of scepticism on in the past. And now they're doing exactly what I think they should have been doing. They're the Vietnamese EV maker, led by a billionaire who's worth all oh, about $4.5 billion equivalent. So um, he's doing okay. He announced a small, budget-friendly EV at CES this week. And the vehicle is the VF3. And it'll be available for reservations within this year. It's smaller than a Chevrolet Bolt. It's priced under $20,000. Well, it's not because it's not on the market, but they say it will be. Um, Very affordable. 125 miles of range is the aim, with a 10-inch touchscreen inside running on Android Auto or Apple CarPlay to keep the cost down. And the rear seats can be folded flat to have more cargo space. It's a very cute little sort of Jimny-sized vehicle. And that's what I think VinFast should probably do, which is to say, look, here's our entry into the market. It's cheap, fun thrills. And if the car is terrible, you get forgiven for that. But they have entered with the SUV, the VF8, and the larger VF9 launching this year. And they're they're, they're playing in, you know, it, that's the big boy playground. And if those vehicles aren't great, haven't got great range, great build quality, 
and you are going to end up with inevitable criticism, which I think I've given them a, a reasonably hard time on this podcast. They've initiated construction of a new manufacturing facility in North Carolina as well. We'll go back to Hyundai in a second after we take a little wee break, and then we'll be back to talk LG's new charger factory and BYD cutting Euro prices. Stick around. Right, welcome back. By the way, if you enjoyed the free version of this podcast, then I'm so pleased that you listen. I hope it's useful and that in 20 minutes or sometimes more, uh, you get up to date every day on the world of electric vehicles. If it's of use to you out of interest or maybe for your work or you know, some other reason, um, I would uh, I'd love you to visit my Patreon page. It's how earn a living, actually. And yeah, the adverts help out, but the Patreon is a really important part of it. And it's patreon.com slash evnewsdaily. No pressure at all. You get an ad-free version, you get the podcast early, and you support the work that I do here. Hopefully saves you time, keeps you up to date, and hopefully this is of value to you in some way. Now let's talk about Hyundai and their Arnic 5N. That's the track-focused rip snorting performance version now there's the npx1 version it debuted in tokyo over the last couple of days at the tokyo auto salon and it's a showcase really for specific upgrades to the n car and a new catalog of performance parts that they bolted onto this thing like a carbon front splitter side skirts rear diffuser huge rear wing spoiler hybrid carbon wheels top-of-the-range high-performance brake pads and uh, discs and lowering springs. Inside, Alcantara materials and racing bucket seats. This thing looks like if it hit the track tomorrow, it would be perfectly suited, but it's not. It's for people who want to just go wild on their car. And, I, and you know, I know that affects so few people. It doesn't really affect you and I, because we might, might not own one. But I love it, because it shows... I've talked about this a few times, actually, on this on this show over the, the years, the last 2,000 episodes. When you can start to get around those edge cases, when you can start to talk about Hyundai making the Ionic 5, then the N, and now here are all the body bits that if you want to do that to your car, that shows the maturation of the EV market. And you go back, whenever I started this, 2017, 2018, and we're talking about a handful of cars, and the news was hard to come by. And now it, it, we're at a stage where... The EV market is, it's so still so in its infancy, but these little, these stories show that it's just getting more mature and that there's interest in stuff like this. And that is a really, really good sign for the future of electric vehicles. Now, I mentioned this in the intro, also at CES this week, there was a lot of stuff about AI and all that, which I get a little bit eye-rolly over. And I use ChatGPT as part of my workflow. It's a tool. It's not the end of the world, uh, but it's a tool. And so I'm all in on AI, but uh, and it, it helps out with my research. But uh, the other thing that was talked about was electrical vertical takeoff and landing, eVTOL. Bear with me on this. Don't roll your eyes. Hyundai unveiled their second-generation aircraft, their eVTOL. Air Taxi, this week at CES, they're targeting a launch date of 2028. By the way, when they first came to the CES show years ago with this, the flights were going to begin in 2023. Checks the calendar. Yeah, that didn't happen. Bear with me on this. eVTOL is electrically powered, short-range flights. The average flight distance anywhere between 20 to 40 miles, you know, more or less. I've interviewed people in the past about this And there's something about this which 
seems legit in terms of like the whole industry, like because it can, you can do 120 miles an hour, 130, 40, 50 miles an hour. You can cruise at decent altitudes and for quick urban travel. And yes, it will start with high net worth individuals. And yes, it will start with businesses. And it won't be you and I taking Ubers on eVTOLs tomorrow. But if you can commute from a, a dense city centre out to a, an airport that's out of the city in five or ten minutes, avoiding all the traffic congestion, people who can afford that will pay for it, and that technology will filter down. It's basically like flying in a giant drone, if you get it. But the, all the designs are slightly different. Some that look like aircraft, some like helicopters, some like drones. I just keep my eye on it. You know, it's the weekend edition. I sometimes get a little bit frisky with the weekend shows. And... Um, yeah, I mean, I'll leave it there. But I, I find it interesting. I watch loads of YouTube videos on eVTOL. I love aviation. I don't talk about it a lot on this podcast because it is it is still a little bit pie in the sky, isn't it? Let's face it. But uh, watch out. Watch a company called Archer as well. I really rate what they're doing too. Let's move on. Mercedes-Benz have been showing off their EQA. Let me showing it off. They've covered it in camouflage and it got caught by spy photographers. The EQA is the new CLA. So if you think what you you think you know what the EQA is, which is like a baby EQC, this isn't it. Think of it as just like a the regular sedan-shaped CLA. If you know Mercedes lineup, that's going to be the new EQA will be that. It mirrors the upcoming CLA, part of their new EQ range. Could have a distinct name. We don't know it'll be called the EQA. We think it will be. Photographs from winter testing reveals that it pretty much looks exactly like the next internal combustion CLA. And that's a good thing because lots of people want a Mercedes-Benz that looks like a regular Merc. And that's going to be called, that's the new version of the EQA using the MMA platform, Mercedes modular architecture. And you can build both combustion and EVs on that. Mercedes also in the news today because their CTO, their chief technology officer, Marcus Schaefer, has been suggesting that solid-state batteries might not be essential. Advancements in lithium-ion battery technology have been substantial, as you know, over the last few years, matching the cost and energy density of the initial solid-state batteries. They're semi-solid-state batteries. Uh, Previously considered a breakthrough technology needed for long-range, lower-cost uh, EVs with higher energy density and potential cost savings, but lithium-ion batteries are kind of getting there on their own. Now, Schaefer noted this week that the expected major cost and energy advances of solid-state batteries haven't materialised yet. They've always been a bit like hydrogen technology, like Toyota talking about their hydrogen. So it's always like, oh, in the next two to five years, honestly. And it's been like that for the last 15 years. Mercedes are investing in it, though. Uh, they're monitoring the, the technology. They're investing in smaller companies. They are they have got a foot in the door, but they're saying, look, what we've got now makes great vehicles, and I couldn't agree more. Get great EVs on the road right now with today's technology. We don't have to wait. Now let's talk about charging your EV, and LG just opened up their first charging manufacturing facility. This coming from the fortworthreport.org website. I don't know how I find this for you sometimes, but I, I visit all sorts of websites to get this news. Uh, this is news about the factory spanning 100,000 square feet, entirely powered by renewables, and they have the capacity to make 12,000 charges annually. LG has a long-standing presence in Fort Worth uh, with their consumer electronics and home appliances outfit there. The factory's establishment will fulfil the demand for EV chargers. Two types will be manufactured. First of all, some uh, some 11 kilowatt stuff, and then after that next year, I think, or later this year, comes some level 375 kilowatt DC fast chargers as well. 
Right, here in Europe, BYD is cutting prices in Germany to compete with competitors uh, up to 15% price reductions in Germany recently following Tesla's EV price cuts as well. Initially targeting the German market, home to Volkswagen, BMW and Porsche, very competitive for the Chinese names to enter right on their doorstep. The Atto 3, which in China is the Yuan Plus, BYD's popular model is included in the price cut. It was initially priced at €47,000, but it'll now start under €40,000 in Germany. It's got a 61-kilowatt-hour blade battery, 260 miles of WLTP range, and the price reduction is off the back of the news. I told you a couple of days ago that BYD are loading up their first ever self-owned. I think they've leased it, but either way, it's BYD's effectively cargo ship because they couldn't get enough shipping since COVID, and so... They're, they're, they're building their own ships and moving them around the world to Western markets uh, from Shenzhen to Europe. It's called Explorer Number no. 1, and it's part of their strategy to get more vehicles over here and reducing prices as well by the look of it to make them more competitive. Now, NIO, the Chinese EV maker, has partnered with two more names, JAC and Cherry Automobile, for their battery swapping. The collaboration focuses on standardizing battery technology and swapping capabilities. Previously, they also signed up with Geely and Chang'an uh, to make sure that everyone's battery swaps are compatible with each other. Uh, all NEO models are equipped with battery swapping from 75 kilowatt hour lithium ion, lithium ion phosphate cells all the way up to 150 kilowatt hour semi solid state batteries, which introduced last summer in July. They have 2,100 battery swap stations in China right now. And I love this story because, although it's a Chinese story, and I have so many people tell me that battery swapping isn't needed, doesn't work, won't work, and that might be true for where you listen, but in China it does and it is working, and now they're standardizing the dimensions, the technology, and if so many EV brands are all able to be interoperable with battery swapping, that's like the golden ticket, right? So no matter, there'll be third-party battery swap stations. I imagine, however, that works with, with who owns the battery. Very, very interesting. Now, let's talk a little bit uh, about China bringing forward their EV targets. Uh, I've not seen this news reported anywhere else, but China established an objective this week for 45% of new car sales to be EVs by 2027, just three years away. Uh, The target outlined in a new state council document uh, released by the state uh, news agency. The plan is a big reduction as well in the amount of combustion cars sold. Uh, Back in October 2020, I had to check check my notes on this, but in October 2020, uh, the last time that we saw this roadmap released, they wanted to do 40% EVs by 2030. They've now brought that forward to 45% of new new cars EVs by 2027 in just three years' time. So, again, I know it's China stuff, but still, it just signals there's no slowdown in this move to electrification amongst all of the... As I mentioned recently, uh, some of the negative stories flying around the mainstream media for various reasons. And finally, there's a new brand entering the UK, for my listeners here, uh, called uh, Chang'an and the Deepal brand. I mean, if it happens, they say it's coming this year. It's a new off-roader 4x4 called the G318. Five metres long, hybrid powertrain. Uh, It's a series hybrid, so it's a a four-cylinder petrol engine. Two electric motors, one on each axle, and it's where the engine never drives the wheels. It only ever generates electricity to be stored in either a 19-kilowatt-hour or 30-kilowatt-hour lithium-ion battery. The brand launched in 2022, expanding globally, and they want to launch in the UK this year. Hey, 
if it happens, I'm, I'm happy. It's another another new name of this looks like a baby Rivian or actually, no, it looks like a baby. It looks like a Land Rover Defender, actually. Um, it's, it's more Defender than Discovery. Uh, you know, it looks very premium, to be honest. And it won't cost a lot of money if they ever launch it here. They say they are. That's according to autocar.co.uk website. That's our podcast for today. Thanks to our premium partners, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley and Nevo.ie. Ireland's first ever electric vehicle show with the Bank of Ireland is on Feb 17th in Dublin. Get your free tickets and more info at Nevo.ie. Uh, Octopus Electroverse, global public charging made simple with one app and one map and lease plan electric moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Thanks to our partners of the show, Richard at rsev.co.uk, Yuka Cookenham from shift2electric.com with a number two, Rajiv Narayan, battery reports for your EVs at recurrentauto.com and Yan Tori Gyubi. And a quick mention for all of our executive producers, because I like to do that on a Sunday. Adrian Bond, Alan Chad, Alex Banahini, Anders Hove, Andrea Jefferson, Andrew Luoma, Andrew Wanek, Andy Nancaro, and Lillian Cass. Cassia cleared and Bjorn Fuchstack, Bill Calhoun, Bill, Blaine McKinney, Blunderbuss Jones, Brendan McCarthy at North Fork Ironworks, and Brian O'Leary. Brian Thompson, Bruce Bohannon, Chad Lane, Charles Hall, Christopher Bath, CJ Buckus, Colin Hennessy, and Cam ZV. Greg Rogers, David Dysart, David Finch, David Larder, David Moore, David Partington, David Prescott, and DC Evie. Ed Cortine, Eddie Regassa, Eric Hansen, Eru Kingy, and Yombi Frederick. G, uh, Gary A. Hammond and Gene Rubin, George Totrolo, Heinrich Leisner, Helmut Selka, and Ian Stillwaters UK Benjamin, Ian Waddy Watkins, Ian Griffiths, Ian Sear, Jack Oakley, James Penfold, James Storr, Jim Morris, Don Troder, John Vandervoort, and John, who is Beardy McBeardface at Ken TV's, John Manchak, Juan Gonzalez, Kester Sandback, and Kevin Masson, Lawrence D. Allen, Lee Brown, Luke Cully, Marcel Ward, Matthew Long, Nathan Gore Brown, Nathan King, Nathaniel Friedman, and Neely Roberts from Sussex EVs, uh, O'Hare Aston, Paul Stevenson, Pete Glass, Pete Gordon, Peter and D. Roberts, Peter Ryder, Phil Moucher, Philip Forrester, Philip Troutman, Raymond Rowledge, Realtor's Choice Photography, Rob from the RS Thinks EV channel on YouTube, uh, Robert Grace, Ron Hunter, Roosevelt Watson, Sakey Payne, Stephen Penn, Steve John, The Plug Seekers EV YouTube channel, Thomas Tias, Timothy Phillips, Toma Sharaf, Shahaf, and Tyler Voss. Have a good one tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid. <laughs>